So from Gabron, <clears throat> he who endeavors to cleave the body from the spirit or the spirit from the body is directing his heart away from truth. The flower and its fragrance are one, and the blind do deny the color and the image of the flower, believing that it possesses only a fragrance vibrating the ether, are like those with pinched nostrils who believe that flowers are not but pictures and colors possessing no fragrance. I think you just read that a few weeks ago. Oh. That's always reminds me of the thing smell, too. Looks like a few of you are still in meditation. It's kind of a deep one today, wasn't it? It's kind of nice because I kind of don't want to come out of it. Today, for me, the meditation was that deeper connection. And it just reminds me of really the greater truth of this pathway, that it really is a very sacred pathway, as well as a very ancient one, if we want to call it that. But even that ancientness is alive and present here today. So I almost hate to label it that, because people quite often do. Even God's been referenced to the ancient of days. It might be better to really just say the eternal one because it really has nothing to do with time and space. But yet God exists through it all in every moment, through the past, into the present, and into the future. But always remembering it's present right here and now. But it really takes that greater depth of focus, that greater depth of listening and looking and holding our attention to really move into that greater depth of sacredness. And it often takes a while to get past the physical, imaginational, emotional, mental, unconscious processes to really get back in touch with that greater depth of spirit. I say depth, it's funny because we often call this an inwards and upwards path, but when I think of depth, I think of going down, going deeper into things. And it's kind of nice to reference it in many different ways because it's not truly an upwards or downwards action because really spirit just exists in all. So no matter which way you go, you're going to experience spirit. You're going to come across or into spirit. But the way this works in the physical dimension is by focusing inwards and upwards is a reference point to this physical body. But once we tap into that place within in which the soul resides, then it's a matter of expansion so that we really just awaken to the spirit that is in all of life. And so this is an ancient, sacred, deep path. And it helps to remember often that greater depth of spirituality because we do get so focused and our awareness gets caught up in the physical experience, usually focused just into our daily living in the world 
and maybe beyond that, a little bit of imagination or fantasy or daydreaming. Then, of course, going through the emotions and all the belief systems and the thoughts we have about our daily, worldly experience. But how often do we really dwell upon the Spirit? Do we spend time contemplating the greater truth of the divine rather than the time we spend trying to figure out our lives physically? How much time do we really give it? And here you you hear a share about just 10% of the day. That's all God has asked is 10% of the day, 10% of your time each day. Two hours and 24 minutes to dwell upon the divine, to dwell upon God. Is that really that much to ask? But of all the 24 hours a day, just 10% of the day, to dwell upon God rather than all those other things of the world. That's not much if you think about it. But of all the other hours of a day, to just give 10% to God and the other 90%, is to really do as you please in the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body. It's really not asking very much. But yet, the effects of just 10% can be quite profound. It's just amazing that when we give that little bit of time, I mean, truly give the time and devotion and dedication but also truly in focus and holding to that during our meditation. Not just time to take a break from the other 24 hours, but really time to spend with God. And what can unfold from that is just amazing. Because just living spirit that much, just giving spirit that much focus, then it will begin to permeate into the other 90% of our day. And isn't that what we really want anyway? When we, inside of ourselves, give up to God, give over to God, surrender to God, and ask God to come into our lives, and Lord, our, your will be done, so we surrender our will. Well, that's what begins to take place when we give that 10% to God, that God does come into and dwell in the other 90%. We want our lives to change. We want transformation. We want freedom. This is how we can get the freedom. This is how we can get the transformation and the change in that 90% in which we're seeking that change. Automatically, in that time we give to God, the physical consciousness begins to surrender and allow that greater depth of spirit into the rest of our consciousness. Not only do we wake up to spirit, but spirit wakes up within us. Sounds like two different things. In truth, it's just one action, but it can often be experienced or perceived in these couple different ways. But it's really just an unfolding emerging and expansion and allowing and awakening to this one action that is taking place. But we have to make ourselves available, just available. 
But not only available, we have to hold ourselves in a place of one-pointed focus, a place of surrender, a place of openness and willingness. Because if we're not willing to allow God in, if we're not willing to let go of our fears, our judgments, our resistance to letting God in, then we may not get the full effect or benefit. We'll get some because God knows the intention written in our hearts. But also God knows the work that is ours to do, that which is ours to learn, to grow, to experience. And that's what stands between us and God. Those things we often call blocks or those things we say are getting in the way of our greater awakening to spirit. Those are the things that we are responsible for. Our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our reactions that we hear over and over about taking responsibility for. Well, that's what this is. That's our responsibility. But as we allow ourselves to awaken and hold our attention on God, then God brings this light of awareness to assist us on our journey of taking greater responsibility to allow that light in, to learn the lessons, to live the loving so that it truly permeates through all these areas within us that stand between us and our greater knowing of God. So it really is a journey of simply God awakening Because as you awaken to God, you awaken to the karmas, you awaken to the lessons. The lessons are learned, they're fulfilled. It's not a process of figuring out and doing the homework. It's a process of awakening and coming into the greater knowing of spirit and allowing ourselves to be revealed to allow not only the lesson to be revealed, but to allow ourselves to be revealed to ourselves. Maybe that's what the greater lessons really are through all these experiences we call karma. Maybe it really is a journey of revelation of the greater self, the soul, that we're simply discovering who we are in and through all the experiences in this journey we call life. Maybe looking at it with a little different twist, we might begin to open to see more of the perfection of spirit that we come to know that greater truth. Because often it is that we are simply distracted from that greater truth, distracted in looking at the experience rather than looking at the truth of God. Because in truth, that beingness of God is not an experience. It's simply beingness. It is only that which has come out of God, the creation that is experience. So there comes a point where we need to even stop looking at our experience 
and really move into the beingness that is God. Because even looking at the experience, no matter how wonderful it is, even the experiences spiritually that we may have inside as we awaken more and more, that we can still become distracted because we're looking at the expression of God rather than at God itself, which is beyond the experience from which all experiences come. I often like to call it or look at it as like swimming up the river and going to the source. It's an upwards flow. And it often can take a bit of effort, it seems, a bit of work, it seems, a bit of focus, a lot of intention, a hope, a wish, a fantasy. But that's just a movement within in which we begin to discover that greater truth of the divine. It's through that movement, that swimming upstream, that we begin to see and have the inner revelation of these things that stand between us and God. The amazing thing is, as we move upwards in that stream of loving, we'll begin to see that even these things that have appeared solid, that we're not able to perceive through, to look through, we'll begin to see that greater truth through it all. These things become translucent, that there's truly no barriers of separation. They're just the appearance of separation. That's why we often call it illusion or that which is reflected. And you often hear us call that a distraction because it is not the truth the spirit. It is that which is the expression, the illusion, the reflection. And so the challenge in meditation is to not believe these things that we come up, I don't want to say against, but we come up to in our life experience, in our meditations, in our inner journey, is to not give them the belief or the energy, but to simply keep on loving, to love God that is even in the reflection or the illusion and to love God beyond that reflection and illusion. Because it is that loving that we do that begins to carry us in and through all the learnings, all the lessons, all the reflections. All those things that appear as obstacles. That's the funny thing. They simply appear as obstacles. When you know the greater truth, you will begin to find and discover that you move right on through these obstacles and you awaken to know that they truly were nothing. They just appeared to have substance. That appearance of the substance 
is because of the energy that we have given to it by believing it to be so. It's often said we need to change our belief systems. The only problem is if we change our belief system, we often look at for a different belief system to replace the old belief system with. So are we really doing ourselves any good? Or are we now just distracting ourselves with something else that is the same thing but just looks and sounds different? So there comes a time we have to go beyond believing, beyond belief systems, and into the knowing. We just find it's challenging because often it doesn't have shape or form that belief systems have because there's not the rules, the guideposts, the ticky-tacky boxes, as Jim likes to say. That's what the mind creates. That's what the belief systems are. We're so used to that. And that's what the mind looks for in this world. So it is so foreign that it often is a challenge to go beyond that. But that's often why we go into meditation. We always talk about looking and listening for the radiant form. And most often that radiant form will appear as a purple light or the blue light or a golden white light. And sometimes you'll see it even as myself or Jim. Better off the purple light, though, or one of the other colors, because there's not so much shape and form, because we want to go beyond shape and form and more into the formless, the freedom of movement of loving. So all we have to do is keep our attention on that movement of loving, to move with it, to hold our focus, and in that, there is a movement. The loving unfolds us. All the boxes, the belief systems, they begin to change. They begin to transform. And the shapes and forms start to drop away. And then we go into reaction and get scared because, oh my God, everything's being taken away. Have you felt that yet? If you've been meditating? like you're losing everything, like you're going to lose yourself because all these things that you think have comforted you through their shape and the form, you have felt a sense of security. And now that these things are being taken away, that you're starting to feel insecure. Because there is a process that we go through, much like I'm describing here, on this journey of soul liberation. But that's part of the lesson. Is learning to let go. It often takes much trust and faith. But we've got to place that trust and faith with God to truly dive in and allow God to now take us out of the forms, out of the shapes, out of the belief systems. But that's why I said, we've got to be open and willing 
to allow God to do what God's going to do with us, that which is God, because that's who we are. So we've got to be willing to let go of all the things we've created and believed to be so. Allow ourselves to go through the fears and the insecurities. Allow ourselves to go through being stripped down, left naked. Because that does take place. There comes a point in spirit where the soul journeys beyond the body, through the astral, the causal, the mental, and then in the etheric realm, the realm of nothingness, where truly we come to a place of letting go of all of that which is of the world, and we're left with nothing but ourselves. And that radiant form, the light and the sound, And in that nothingness, when all there is is that light and sound, the blessing is there's nothing else to look for. There's nothing else to see because you've done the work of letting go. You're willing now to receive the greater blessing, which is the soul's liberation from the attachments entanglements of the world that keep it entrapped. It is a trap. But as we who are entrapped ourselves by believing it all to be so. So when we can let go of the beliefs and allow ourselves to go with that radiant form of God's light and sound that is always guiding us and bringing us along, and we'll move through that nothingness from which we've let go of all below. And then begin to step into and experience that greater truth of the divine, of the soul, where we, the soul, now begin to move into that true realm of spirit we call home, or the soul realm. When the soul begins to merge into and experience its greater oneness with God, with loving, with light, with sound. We begin to perceive more that golden white light that is the greater purity of spirit. And in this process, we'll be aware of that radiant form, the spiritual teacher that has been with us all along. That's the true journey. That's the true awakening. That's paradise, the promised land, the realm of milk and honey, the sweet nectar. That's where we really come to know that greater sacredness, that sacred truth. That's where we're going on this journey. So always keep that before you in spirit, even in mind, 
and emotion and imagination and body. Because it exists in all the realms. But the greater freedom is truly in spirit. And that's where we need to awaken to. To really live that greater freedom of spirit. Even while we're here in the physical body. To live that greater freedom of spirit. Beyond all the entanglements and entrapments beyond our own belief systems. Because when we awaken there, we begin to see even the beliefs that we've gotten caught up in have run on ourselves and others. And we may even continue running many of those beliefs. But then we begin to see that that's just part of our journey while we're still in this physical body. But now we know that greater truth and as we keep choosing more and more into that spirit of truth that all gets fulfilled as it always has been through it all. And then we become more patient and realize there's no hurry. There's no have to. Sometimes though we might get lazy once we start to realize that greater truth then it takes more devotion and dedication. Where in the beginning, maybe it took more discipline to give the time and the focus to the meditation, to this path of awakening. But it's nice that it takes more devotion and dedication because then it's the greater fullness of loving in which now we're choosing to live. And in the living of that, that's all we need. Because then not only does it live within our meditation, but it lives more fully even throughout the day. Even with the eyes open and the body moving. And that's what we want. Because it is that loving from that place of freedom and spirit that truly brings the soul into liberation on all the realms. That's what we need to allow into our consciousness to truly liberate ourselves. And that's why we must find that way within to continue opening, receiving, being willing, surrendering, letting go so that truly, truly we allow that spirit of loving to continue releasing the karmas, the attachments, the entrapments. And when we perceive life in this way and walk through life with this focus, it moves more quickly. We know we're living in illusion. And in that knowing, there's a greater freedom and so we allow that loving to go before us and live in us through all the experiences. And the funny thing is, the reason why it moves more quickly is because when we know the greater truth, the spirit, and the reflection, we begin to see it more as a game, a joyful adventure, 
and have a little more fun because we are no longer judging, fearing, expecting, or attaching ourselves to the experiences along the way. That's what makes the difference. We've been saying all along, loving, acceptance, and forgiveness. The more we do that, the more we free ourselves, the more we awaken and live the loving. And as we awaken and live the loving more, the more we love and accept and forgive. It doesn't change. It's always the same process. But once we've awakened to the greater truth, not just as a hope or a wish, but as a knowing, it does take on a different experience or action in how we do it. That's freedom. But then we've got to keep doing it. There's always more to let go of. There's always more to awaken to, to let God. And it's wonderful because in that, the soul in its love for God wants nothing more. And so it does all it can do to just keep on loving God and all of God in expression so that we really know it is simply a journey of loving, not a journey of attachment and illusion, but a journey of loving. It always has been. We've just forgotten. Well, one day we will wake up and know So allow yourself to return to the sacredness of this pathway. We go through our phases of getting caught up in the world and focused on the karmas, working our processes. And in the back of our minds, we know this is a sacred journey and we're wanting to wake up spiritually and know God and get free. But we need to also come back to that sacredness where we put that in the front rather than that being in the background. Bring that forward so truly your life is a sacred one. And when you live that sacredness, you can have more of the joy, the simplicity, the freedom. And life isn't so complicated then. It's easier to live. This is just all perception, focus, attention, awareness, divinity, awakening. That's why we encourage even meditating throughout the day, even with your eyes open, Chant the sacred names. Love the Lord all day long. But also with your eyes closed in devoted, dedicated time. 
So you don't allow yourself to be distracted by all the other experiences. What you allow yourself, the freedom from time, the freedom from space. If we don't create that freedom for ourselves, there's always going to be those pressures and obstacles that will keep us from going into that greater depth of spirit. In truth, it is all through that that life truly transforms and we do awaken.